0: Third time's a charm. A very thin man goes into a car dealership.
1: Hey everyone! Look! It can't be. It is! It's the Tsuchinoko!
0: Hello, and welcome to another bombastic episode of Cracking Cryptids and Curios. This is episode three of season two. My name is Matt, and I'm once again joined by the man of 1003 hobbies, Angel. (laughs) Something that our listeners, our curiosities, don't know about you, Angel, is that, and I find it absolutely wonderful, is that you are a prince. Now, (laughs) no, I don't mean this literally, of course. As that would be an outrageous claim. And you have even been on record about your disdain of monarchies. So, again, very clear. You're not a a true prince. What I mean, of course, is that you are a bona fide prince impersonator. From one dove's cry to raspberry beret, you are a force to be reckoned with. When you don the eccentric purple suit, get your jerry curl, (laughs) yikes, sometimes I close my eyes and I think, my god, prince is back. So tell
1: me how this all came about. Well, you know... I mean, it's Prince. The artist formerly known as. The artist. That symbol. I mean, it's just all alluring. You just got drawn in.
0: Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't be? What's your favorite song to, uh, to belt out? Uh, Kiss? I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> How's it go?
1: Alright, you 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 want me to do my impersonation, don't you? Okay. <laughs> you know, so this song, it's pretty, um, uh, you know, it's just like sinister. It's very popular. I don't know why you don't <laughs> know about it. It's it's a great song. It starts off with... wow. <sighs> oh, yeah, I know that song. Yeah. I'll stop you there, though, because we don't have
0: time to get into your, uh, your prince... <laughs> Routine. We got we got news articles to go over. Yep. So let's jump into these two news articles and uh, and see how they go. Okay. Uh, the first one here, we talked about it before uh, in the in the previous episode. You know, I was really hoping that this thing would be around for a while. And from the moment that we actually recorded that portion of of for the news articles, more monoliths have shown up mm-hmm. and has sort of taken the world by storm one's showing up i believe in romania utah california they're they're just popping up everywhere yeah and lo and behold i i look at the news today and i see the headline on unexplainedmysteries.com has the metal monoliths mystery been solved so let's take a look and uh, i was heartbroken (laughs) the article goes on an art group has come forward to claim responsibility creating the utah and california monoliths the mystery of who is behind the mysterious 2001 inspired structures has finally been solved that is at least based on the apparent confession of the most famous artist a global artist community that's taken responsibility for creating them and is now selling replicas on its website speculation over the nature and origins of the monolith which have turned up in Utah, California, and even Romania, have been rife for weeks, with many suspecting that they were part of some sort of promotional stunt, perhaps for an upcoming movie or brand awareness campaign. It seems now, however, that it's simply a stunt designed to sell replicas for upwards of $45,000. There's a quote that says, I'm not able to say much because of legalities of the original installation, said founder Matty Moe. I can say we are well known for stunts of this nature and at this time we are offering authentic art objects through monoliths as a service i cannot issue additional images at this time but i can promise more of this in the coming days and weeks but is the group really responsible for the monoliths or are they simply attempting to make money on the back of the phenomenon the search for answers continues the article concludes so what are your thoughts angel on the potential mystery being solved
1: or is it all a ruse We're we being thrown off track i imagine Matty mo says to all his friends hey friends he talks he mumbles a lot he's like hey friends why don't you why don't you ask me what well, my last name is mo why do they call me maddie mo so they say hey friends <laughs> why, do they, why do they call you maddie mo he goes because it means <laughs> it means mo monoliths <laughs> maddie mo monoliths yeah, um,
0: that's a that joke. That is a deep, <laughs> deep cut reference to the stuff.
1: Yes, that is a joke from the movie. Uh, the stuff everyone should watch it. Uh, as for my opinion on this, I, it's very obvious that this is a, um, these are government agents pretending to be artists, claiming that making this claim. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're making this claim that it's oh yeah, we're selling it for forty five. They they put an absurd price because they know that. First, nobody's gonna pay for that. And second, if they do pay for that, it's gonna be a rich person who's gonna be, you know, wants some art thing and they're actually gonna secretly fund government research into the actual monoliths that were there.
0: Oh, so it's like a front for yeah. the true monoliths that yep. are being hidden. Yep, yep. And the the government is uh producing these to help fund research. That's a different take, I haven't heard yet. Yep, yep. You know, I'm not I'm not surprised by the forty five thousand dollar price tag because it is my very firm belief that much of the pricing of art is for the laundering of money so that rich people can have their rich artist friends that own the gallery and price the paintings at absurd amounts of money and it's just a um a way to distribute money around between them
1: (laughs) that's what i I mean yeah well i mean everyone does it
0: uh yeah i mean i was planning to next week but i called it off (laughs)
1: I heard a similar theory with uh, Adam Sandler and his films. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was a while ago. Uh, a Red Letter Media YouTube channel kind of put that theory out there that Adam Sandler's films are simply a way for him to get his friends in a movie so that they can all get paid and just make money. Oh, yes. Yeah, I believe that.
0: I think he's even on record as saying it's like a vacation. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. It's, they're always filmed in nice spots like how many of his films have taken place on the beach uh in some sort of like resort or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anything that is such he always has a beautiful wife yep um he's always a, he
1: was always a charismatic character in the, in the movies
0: Mm-hmm. so it all works out for adam sandler in the end yeah hats Not off so him. much maybe for the monoliths <laughs> Unless he's the one behind the monoliths and then... Oh, no. everything. <laughs> Is it? Oh, it could have been a new Adam Sandler movie. Oh I would have watched that.
1: <laughs> the monolith. Oh, God.
0: Him and Kevin James, like, I don't know, doing something.
1: Something wacky.
0: I'm, I'm sure Netflix would fund that one. So... Yes. And any, any final things to say about the mysterious monoliths? I... I sort of think this will not be the last that we hear of the monoliths.
1: The only thing I want to add is that I'm, I am now living in a bunker because after I release this information, they're gonna come after me, <laughs> because I know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, try and find me, fellas. Who? <laughs> who's finding
0: you? Just them. them.
2: <laughs>
0: oh no!
1: Oh yikes! This next
0: article is, you better stay in that bunker because it's probably gonna get worse for you. Oh no! The, the next article being, uh, once again, from unexplainedmysteries.com. It is titled, Leaked Pentagon UFO Photograph Emerges. So it goes on to say, An intriguing image of a mysterious silver object hovering motionless in the sky has been published online. Back in August, it was confirmed that the U.S. government had launched a new program known as the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, or UAPTF, which aims to bolster existing efforts to investigate Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAPs, under the Office of Naval naval intelligence more recently we've been starting to hear more about what this new task force is involved in and now an actual photograph of something strange in the sky has been leaked and published online according to the debrief the image which shows an unidentified silver object hanging in the air has been widely distributed in the intelligence community and was reportedly taken by the backseat weapons system operator of an fa-18 fighter jet using the their personal mobile phone my gosh (laughs) (laughs) labeled unclassified for official use only the image seems to be consistent with other leaked reports about an unidentified silver cube-shaped object spotted hovering motionless over the ocean while it's not clear exactly where it was taken the photograph was thought to have been snapped off the east coast of the united states in 2018 To maintain operation security and to avoid disclosing information that may be useful to potential adversaries, DOD does not discuss publicly the details of reports, observations, or examinations of reported incursions into our training ranges or designated airspace, including those incursions initially designated as UAP, Pentagon spokeswoman Susan Goh uh, told the debrief in an email. Could this be evidence or something otherworldly operating in U.S. airspace? Or is a more conventional explanation for the image? You decide. So, what are your thoughts, Angel, on potential? Maybe you don't want to tell all your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I'm really gonna maybe, be in that bunker for a while. Yeah, I mean, but it's your it's thoughts it. on the uh, these leaked <laughs> UFO photograph from a mobile
1: phone from the back of a fighter jet? <laughs> um, well, I think what's interesting is the the headline: an intriguing image of a mysterious silver object hovering motionless. It's an image. Of course it's motionless. <laughs> I mean, how... uh, yeah. it could have yeah, it could have been um
0: moving, but cuz there's no quote from the dude with the cell phone, the pilot.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't I don't know, it's just it's it looks like a flying squirrel or some sort of weird uh creature that's got like its arm spread and it's like webbed webbing or something like mm-hmm. that. Yep.
0: Um, also, I guess remarkably clear cell phone picture from the speed of a fighter jet.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: I, and, I guess I'm impressed by that phone.
1: And I'm, I'm it's, I think it's interesting that this guy saw it. He's in the, in the jet, and he's like, "Let me take out my phone and just snap."
0: Yeah, that seems to be sort of probably against regulations. I, I would imagine there's something in the naval handbook that says, you know, don't take pictures of UFOs with your cell phone. <laughs>
1: But well, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? If, if it's true, then he, that, he better uh, be in that bunker with me or something. <laughs>
0: yep. Your desire to have that true fallout bunker in real life <laughs> is finally going to happen. Yep. <laughs> Just keep inviting settlers to your to your bunker.
1: I got tons of cans of beans, so we can live for a while.
0: Beans and sugar bombs.
2: <laughs>
0: I don't know if that's in the game, but it's in the other game. <laughs> Anything else about the UFO photo that you wanna state publicly?
1: Once again, I think this is all a ruse. That is not a UFO or at least not like aliens. I I think it's it's it was created to distract from the real news happening out there. You know what I'm oh, talking no. about.
0: About the monoliths?
1: <laughs> you said it, not me. Okay.
0: <laughs> Maybe I'll have to edit that out. <laughs> a target on my back. Well, Angel, we got another one. Another listener requested cryptid. I hope you took down all your crying boy paintings as we cannot risk a house fire at this time as we are back in the cryptid saddle for this week's episode. Likewise, I'm really hoping that you brought your passport, Angel. Um, uh, I did. <laughs> you did good because we, we can't have a, a repeat of the time you got detained in Germany because they thought Prince had faked his death. Yeah, that was that was a tough time. We made it through, though, so... And let us never speak of this again. <laughs> All they asked was that rendition of Kiss, and you did it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so I've made special arrangements because we're off to the land of the rising sun this week. And honestly, it might be for the best. You've been getting some heat for some of the theories on the show, so it might be beneficial for you to lay low in Japan for a while. I know the Hogzilla episode still,
1: still ruffled some feathers with that one. Yeah. Good thing I have my Prince costume. They won't know. <laughs> that
0: do think Prince is back.
1: <laughs> he's, he's he's very big in, in Japan. In Japan, yeah. I mean,
0: that goes without saying. <laughs> so today, we are looking at the Suchiniko, also known in Japan as the Bachi Heavy and the Suchi Heavy. Can you describe for our viewers, our curiosities, <laughs> our viewers, can you describe for our listeners what the Suchiniko looks
1: like? It's like a, a fat hose. A uh, hose, right? Yeah. The, the water goes through. <laughs> the thing through water it. comes out, yeah. <laughs> or uh I mean it's short it'd be a short hose too. A short
0: hose, yeah. <laughs> very short hose. Uh like a belt size hose, maybe, I don't know. What would I, you water with that? <laughs> you can't get very far from this
1: I don't know, but I would not wanna milk it. <laughs> <laughs> the succi
0: or the hose? <laughs> Either or. Either or, yeah. I mean Again without goes without saying, from my recollection too the hose size of this entity about 12 to 31 inches long and one of the ways that I saw it described too was a body in the shape of a beer bottle. Do you think that's a reasonable uh, description of it?
1: um yeah, sure
0: <laughs> that's that's this like little little snake that got pounded in the middle <laughs> or, or stepped on or or hammered hammered yeah got hammered and flattened out let's jump right on it shall we i just need one last thing angel yeah could you cinch up your kimono just a teensy bit i'm getting more than i bargained for with this view <laughs> listen you know what you paid for so... oh no i want a refund <laughs> <laughs> so cotton eye joe's razor the axiom that states for something to have come from somewhere it must therefore go somewhere so where exactly did the suchiniko come from to use the categorization from Japan, and I thought this was very interesting that they have their own category, the Tsuchinoko is a UMA, or Unidentified Mysterious Animal. In the book Yokai, Mysterious Creatures of Japanese Folklore by Michael Dylan Foster, he says, the word Tsuchinoko can be interpreted variously depending on the kanji, as child of the earth, or more commonly, small mallet, or mallet child reference to the creature's short stocky shape similar to that of a japanese tool known as a which can be used as a hammer mallet or pestle and when i was reading through this ever since the baba yaga episode i can't count the amount of times i've seen the word pestle like
2: (laughs) it just (laughs) pops up everywhere i don't
0: remember any like i think the last time i heard the word pestle was maybe in chemistry class back in high school Really? And now, and now, like, since Baba Yaga, I, I see it, like, every other day, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's a sign. It's a sign. Uh, maybe the Baba Yaga is in me. Because <laughs> that's a sign. Yes. <laughs> the time period of the initial reports of this entity are a bit of a disputed subject. There are claims that suchunika like entities have been found on pottery that dates back to the Joman period, which some historians argue began over 16,000 years ago While other Tsuchinoko folklore Say it goes back to the Edo period of Japan So Angel In the Santa episode we had a Christianity to pop quiz Are you ready for your Japanese History pop quiz? Yes When was the Edo period of Japan? After the Jomon period You're pretty close but <laughs> wrong <laughs> <laughs> You you didn't define the uh, the time period I was looking for It's 1603 to 1868 so (laughs) you gotta study up I'm very very unimpressed (laughs) and of course it uh, it goes without saying but this was when uh, Tokugawa Ayashu became the most powerful man in Japan after Hideyoshi had died in 1598 against his promises he did not respect Hideyoshi's successor Hideyori because he wanted to become an absolute ruler of Japan so then say hello to the Edo period And it is in this period where in 1807, a story sprouted up from the city of Kanazawa about this well-known part of town uh, where mysterious things were known to occur. I thought that was a pretty cool thing that in Kanazawa, there's just this part of town where weird shit happens. (laughs) And so the story goes that during a slight drizzle, a man saw something moving along a slope in a rolling, tumbling fashion. As he took a closer look, he discovered it appeared to be a kind of pestle that started to move. <laughs> Suddenly, it let out a burst of laughter, made a sound like thunder, erupted in light, and then vanished. It is said that several more people had similar occurrences, and each and every one of them fell ill shortly after. So we have our first reported encounter, Angel. What is your first impression of the suchiniko taking a little tumble down the hill
1: and making people ill? I mean, it's it's a kind of underwhelming. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> underwhelming. The, the thing laughed at him and
0: then uh, made a sound like thunder, erupted in light and teleported away. If if I
1: could that's, count if, that's if,
2: underwhelming? <laughs> if
1: if I had a if I had a dollar for every animal that laughed at me, I'd be a rich man.
2: Oh no. <laughs>
1: no comment. <laughs> How about this
0: thunder noise? Like what if this, this, so you put yourself in uh Kanazawa man's shoes. And so you're out there taking a walk in the drizzle, going to the weird part of town <laughs> because why not? <laughs> and you see this somehow, this thing, the size of a pestle rolling down a hill. So he's got eagle eyes. <laughs> it starts laughing at you and then teleports away in a ball of
1: light. What do you do? Well, Presumably, I know that this part of town is the weird part of town. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I should, should not be surprised that this happened. Like, eh. <laughs> Just another day in Kanazawa,
0: <laughs> <laughs> And then the theme music plays for the sitcom that's involved. <laughs> yeah. I guess I can't go without saying, too, I guess he must have told other people about it because there were similar occurrences. So maybe other people want to go check out the laughing, thunderous, erupting and light, teleporting entity. Yep. And they, they all saw it and fell ill. Or maybe something's environmentally wrong with that part of (laughs) Kanazawa and they're just getting ill.
1: Not only is it the weird part of town, but it's also a a lot of radioactivity going on. Yes.
0: Ooh, not good. (laughs) A different route and looking at the uh, entity this week, I've compiled a list of common attributes and I sort of just wanted to go through them and then get your opinion on on some of them. Yeah. So as far as the location, it can be found in remote locations like mountains and forests, specifically those near Shikoku, Honshu, Kyushu Islands, and the Korean Peninsula as well. So then, some would argue that this is just a snake, but it reportedly does not move like a snake. Rather than a slithering motion, its movement is more like an inchworm, while also being able to tumble like a log, and even engulf its tail and roll down a slope like a wheel.
1: So what do you think about that? I think it's pretty ingenious. (laughs) Um... Why don't more animals do it? Well, you know, I have a theory on that, but... Well,
0: mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not my theory. Oh, okay. Do you want to tell us now, or do you want to wait?
1: There are other snake-like creatures throughout the world that have similar characteristics of being able mm-hmm. to wrap themselves up, uh, eat their tail, and, and kind of roll down. Is the you know unique to Japan, or is it like a... Uh, what do you call that? A kind of species of a larger group mm,
0: yeah i guess like someone argue like a Bigfoot, and then like other like a skunk ape underneath a Bigfoot. that guy's part of the yeah. same family or something like that yeah we wouldn't argue that because we know we know better <laughs> we know about skunk ape <laughs> but some people would argue that yeah um rather than the traditional sss noise that snakes make the sushinoko chirps or squeaks like that of a mouse While even being able said to have comprehension of language, being able to either mimic what it has heard or even have an entire conversation with you. On top of that, it is even said that sometimes they won't shut up unless you share a few sips of alcohol with it, specifically (laughs) sake. Imagine you're out in the weird part of town. The snake entity bites its tail and rolls down the hill like a wheel. You find it as it crashes upon the, the bottom of the hill. It starts talking to you and it's like i'm not going away give me some sake (laughs) Uh,
1: at that point i'm just like that's a cool that's a cool trick like i want to take (laughs) yeah give it sake to it so that it, it calms down and then i take it home with me or something keep it like a pet this could be your hodag moment if you were able to capture
0: a uh, Tsuchinoku. Yep. Just show it off to people. This is my snake. I feed alcohol.
1: <laughs> Check it out. It talks.
0: <laughs> and then you get like committed because you're trying to show people the snake that you feed alcohol and say it talks. <laughs> so good luck. Also, unlike snakes, the Tsuchinoku has eyelids, which I thought was a pretty Maybe like mundane characteristic, but it's pretty neat. That's of all the things that it other like, unlike snakes, this is what the Tsuchinoko has eyelids. Supposedly, it emits the odor that smells like chestnut tree flowers. And when I read that, I was like, you know what? I have no idea what a chestnut tree flower smells like. So I don't know if that would be a tree or a Suchinoko that I'm smelling. So
1: I couldn't relate to that one. Well, I guess in that case, I wouldn't know what I'd be smelling, period. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Does that help its detectability? We'll find out.
0: (laughs) It is said that the Suchinoko consumes insects and small animals like frogs and mice, but has also been known to like cats or dogs. Just like the Wendigo, they can eat outlandish amounts of food in relation to their size, and they are even attracted to the smell of miso, dried squid, and your favorite, even burning hair. Who told you that? Oh, I found out. I have my sources. <laughs> Further going on, they can jump upwards of 16 feet, and then it said they can jump again while in air. So this thing can double jump. Double jump? Don't... Wow. <laughs> double jumping. I need that that upgrade. <laughs> I know. You need to get the, <laughs> the Tsuchinoko upgrade. So if it can jump 16 feet, double jumping again, possibly a 32-foot jump?
1: My gosh. Well, you know, in video games, a double jump, the second jump is never as high as the first jump. I'm wondering if that applies here. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't think it does because I think the Suchinoko is better than that.
1: <laughs> we need to investigate this further.
0: <laughs> so the, the final thing that uh, I was able to locate of its attributes, and it's something that you have in common once again, is that apparently they snore in their sleep. <laughs> There you have it. I mean, who who does it? Come on. Who (laughs) doesn't? Not the Suchinoko. (laughs) You can hear them from far away, I guess. You just get allured in with the smell of chestnut tree flowers. And then you come find something on the ground. It's a a snoring snake-like entity. You sort of nudge it with a stick, thinking, what the hell is this thing? It wakes up, starts talking to you, makes a sound like thunder, demands alcohol, and I guess you give it the alcohol and then when, when you depart, it, it makes you sick. <laughs> and then it just double
1: jumps and jumps then away. spins away. Who, who
0: got the better out of that scenario? I think the Suchinoko did. <laughs> <laughs> I guess overall, what, what are your thoughts on the, uh, things attributed to this entity?
1: This is an interesting, uh, creature because it, it paints a, a very interesting picture in my mind where, it reminds me of the Mongolian death worm where it, you know, we describe it as a kind of like a, a real life animal that has these particular features. Oh, it's got eyelids. It's got this. It's got that. But then it starts veering over into the the, the truly cryptid supernatural side where it's like it can talk. It can jump twice. It can spin. It, it turn itself into a wheel and then just teleport. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs>
0: The thunderclap away, and then it uh, <laughs> makes you ill. <laughs>
1: like, <Yeah>. oh
2: no.
0: <laughs> but he does smell like chestnut tree flower, so <laughs> He's got a little bit of niceness inside him.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, of all the things, it doesn't really sound malicious. It just seems like, yeah. you know, a little a little kind of obnoxious little creature. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: <don't> know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I never got any sort of, like, notion that it was intentionally making people sick. It was just like, an after effect of witnessing... It and its magnificence was. Uh, oh, I got it. I'm a, a little bit ill in my tummy.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it's a, it's a side effect of seeing something so magnificent.
0: Mm-hmm. Just like the the it's like Lovecraftian lore. Like you can't Im- imagine the the entity, and then when you witness it, it's uh, it makes you go insane. But the Tsuchinoko, a little bit different. Just makes you ill.
1: <laughs> just makes you a little bit sick. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> and this leads right into, so there have been, since its first recordings in history, you know, exactly where has the Tsuchinoko gone, the latter half of our axiom. And I was able to find some eyewitness accounts from the website mysteriousuniverse.org. They did a, a, a nice job compiling a good selection of accounts. And these are some that I uh, some of the better ones. Uh, I have three of them here. And uh, I want you to point out the, the one thing that seems to link them all. So pay attention. It says uh, the first one here in June 1994 73 year old Kazuaki Noda was cutting grass with his wife when they came across a huge snake with a thick body like a beer bottle and a head described as being like that of a tortoise. So that's the entirety of that encounter. The second one is on May 8, 2000 90 year old farmer Sugi Tanaka was out looking for bamboo shoots when she happened to cross two metallic colored snakes with what she described as tails like rats and then the third one is June 2000 when 82 year old Mitsuko Arima saw a Tsuchinoko swimming along a river she described its eyes as being the most striking feature saying I can still see the eyes now they were big and round and it looked like they were floating on the water. She added, I've lived here for over 80 years, but I've never seen anything like that in my life. Did you see the one common denominator in those three encounters? They all saw it. And they're all old as hell. (laughs) So there's the 90-year-old, the 82-year-old, and the (laughs) 73-year-old. Do old people just have a a better likelihood of finding the Tsuchinoko? Or sort of other side of that coin, are they more susceptible to misidentifying something maybe due to eyesight or something like that.
1: Hmm. That's a very, uh, that's a serious allegation here.
0: (laughs) I mean, as far as the descriptions too, the one was she found metallic colored snakes and they had tails like rats. No other of all the attributes that we went through, (laughs) nothing really like the others. And then the other one just had had striking eyes. And she attributed it to being a Tsuchinoko. I don't know. I, I felt a little bit wanting more
1: <laughs> out of their encounters. I guess I'll say that. Any opinion on them? It again, it just sounds like the same the like, same kind of encounters that Mongolian Death Form sounded like. It was just mm. you know, they encountered it somewhere, and it's like, "Oh, look at that." and just said, "This is that thing." Yeah, yeah like almost like it's, it's like, eh, just another day.
0: Another day of <laughs> my 90 years of life. <laughs> Salasuchinoko today. No biggie. <laughs> As I was looking further into uh, sort of the encounters, there are some instances of some sort of evidence turning up in relation to sightings. So a specimen was submitted by a mountain villager, uh, and it turned out to be a rat snake. And then later on, another one was turned in by a group of loggers to the Japan Snake Center in Gunma, in 2001, and it was found to be a common grass snake. The ones turned in misidentified snakes, and then going further, another case involves a live suchinoko which was captured in the same region, Gunma, in June 1969. A man supposedly captured it with a forked stick and kept it for a couple of days, like you were describing, took it home. That's too good to be true. Lo and behold, he decided to eat it after those few days. He did report though that it had a double backbone. So is that something that allows for the double jump to exist?
1: The double backbone. <laughs> double backbone, double jump. I, I see it.
0: How so what do you think about that? He he captures it, holds it for a few days, and is like, uh, shucks. I gotta eat this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just can't. I just gotta <laughs> eat it.
1: <laughs> the thing about that, it's like you have you capture this thing, you're like, oh man, this is a great find! I'm not gonna take any pictures of it. I'm just gonna eat it.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm hungry, and this thing is looking real good. <laughs> I'm sorry, Suchinoko. I'm eating you. And uh, even the description of double backbone—what does that look like? <laughs> like, what do you think? Yeah, when you, I, is it like backbone on top of backbone, or is it like extra long backbone?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I also wonder. Why didn't the the the, the Tsuchinoko plead for its life?
0: Yeah, give me some sake, or why didn't it <laughs> vanish like the first one in a <laughs> ball of light and teleport away?
1: Hmm. Some discrepancies there. I don't
0: know. yeah. Maybe it was uh, a a young Tsuchinoko. It had not learned the ways. <laughs> it had
1: not had learned it. how to blink properly. <laughs>
0: going further in some of these encounters so apparently the city of yoshi they went the hodag route they had a suchinoko on display in a glass box in their visitor center however it is said that it ended up being a hoax just like the hodag yeah i don't know <laughs> I, i'm i'm going back on that one i think it might i don't know, I don't know if it's a hoax
1: <laughs> oh no what did they tell you <laughs>
0: I woke up one morning and I had some copper uh, (laughs) next to my bed. And I
1: was like, this is a sign. (laughs) And a letter that said, don't say nothing. (laughs) Yep,
0: being paid off. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, those are the, I guess, sort of encounters that I was able to find that uh, were interesting. I guess going along with that on the other side of this. So, do we have an unidentified super snake? Maybe with just some embellished attributes. Some people would say that the trademark statue of the Tsuchinoko are just misidentified snakes who have recently eaten, so that their bulbous bodies are just animals waiting to be ad- digested in their stomachs. Others would propose in, uh, against the idea of Tsuchinoko being real, that it is an overgrown skink that people have are identifying more closely as a snake if they had never witnessed a skink out in nature and you know didn't know what the hell it was. And like, there it is, oh my God. The Tsuchinoko. <laughs> Any thoughts on the Tsuchinoko
1: before we dive into the rubric of power? Well, they're, according to this mysterious creature's guide to cryptozoology, the Tsuchinoko may also be a misidentified mamouche pit viper, which has a similar size coloration and habitat, hmm. which I'm not aware of, of short snakes, but I guess they exist. Yeah, I don't want to be messing with a pit viper I'm trying to feed it sake. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah, an unknown species of pit viper with some mm-hmm. characteristics of African vipers. So, I
0: don't know. Is that why everyone was becoming ill? They got bit by by a viper and, like, weren't aware of it, I guess? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Yeah.
2: They,
1: just, they just decided to leave that part out. Yeah. It was like, we witnessed <laughs> it, and they're hiding the bite mark. I know. Oh, no. It's like the zombie apocalypse. <laughs>
0: Um, the other, yeah, they're just embarrassed. They got bit by a viper and like, Oh, <laughs> it, it was a, it, a snake. It, it it rolled at me. It talked to me and I gave it alcohol, but then I felt ill. <laughs> like, <laughs> Really? I got bit by a viper. <laughs> I don't want to man up to the, or own up to the viper bite.
1: Yeah. The other, the other thing is that this book also mentions some significant sightings, but they don't mention the people's ages so it
0: is and so they could be old folks, they could could be the other ones (laughs) yeah old folks (laughs) so we might as well just jump right into the rubric of power and see how the suchinoko comes out on the other side some stiff competition right out of the gate in season one for the cryptid side of things santa just blowing it out of the water I mean, he's just raining snowballs from his sleigh up behind, up <laughs> above and uh, it's not looking good for anybody this season, but maybe the Tsuchinoko is going to have a chance. So how about the powers of this entity? Where did you land for that?
1: This this one is quite a challenging one to, to give rating to a power because, as I mentioned before, it, when you learn about it, it starts off as very down to earth it's a snake it's about two to three feet long it you know it's venomous it it lives here it does it doesn't slither side to side it moves it's like unusual but it's it's believable and then it and then it gets more more outlandish it's like it can also swim okay it can whistle wait what it snores it hoots it laughs it talks and i don't think you mentioned this but it's, uh, when it talks, it's 99% of the time telling you a bunch of lies. It's just a <laughs> gosh darn fibber. It's just lying Fibbin. to you. <laughs> and so, and then you what? Give it some sake. Uh, and then <laughs> it can That'll make ju- it all better. <laughs> it loves burnt hair. <laughs> what is that? It can <laughs> jump. It has two backbones. Yeah. I mean, just listing this off the way I am just sounds so ludicrous. <laughs> and and be- and it's because of that that I feel like it gives it some a, a, some kind of charm. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't. It it's never described. Unlike the the Mongolian death worm, where it's like it's super deadly. Watch out. This one's yeah. just like. Oh, this little thing, uh, you know, it's venomous, but you know, whatever. Just give us some sake, you'll be fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like who doesn't want to come in contact with the talking snake thing? Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, but because of this this ability to, to you know, turn into a, a wheel and roll down a hill and jump and it's venomous, but it also can talk and it drinks and it does all these things, and it just seems like a a, a creature that I, like i said i want to keep it and show it off to my friends
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the powers aren't so ludicrous that i'm i'm gonna be fearing them I, I i think i got influenced by this thing and i gave it a three
0: yeah 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 i i would agree with that i one one thing that popped in my mind as you're talking about it is what's going on in japan that there's like so often <laughs> burning hair That's the Sutrinoko is attracted to it. Why is so much hair being burned? (laughs) Anyways, so the way that I looked at it is that, you know, we got the double jumping, we got alcohol drinking, we got Talking Snake, reportedly venomous, and possibly in relation to that uh, uh, 90-year-old woman, I think, or maybe 87, somewhere around there, that she encountered it and her her thing was the eyes that it was so, like, alluring maybe the ability to hypnotize you with its eyes. Hmm. Stuff going on there can teleport away, presumably. And in the uh, 1800s, described with that sound of thunder, it, it laughs. I mean, that's cool. And I don't know if I saw a, a tumbling snake that's laughed and talked to me and <laughs> did all these cool things. I don't, I don't know if, if I would like it, I guess, <laughs> uh, once it actually happened to me, I might like, eh, I'm going to stay inside for a few <laughs> days. Um, I, I agreed with you almost exactly. Or exactly. I gave it a three in powers. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a strong start. Yeah. How about
1: detectability for the Tsuchinoko? So with this one, it, you know, it, it goes the other way. It's been in Japanese folklore. According to the web, this website I will say, it literally says, since prehistoric times. Dang. So, the Jomon period, and then mentions the Edo period, and all these different depictions of it. I mean, the fact that it's been around for so long means that people have seen this thing. Mm-hmm. And they've seen, they've been seeing snakes all these years, so they know what a snake looks like. So when they see this thing, they clearly can say that looks like a snake, but it's clearly not a snake or a, any regular snake we've seen. That enough times that they have to give it its own um, rank. Mm-hmm. And and then apparently there was a, a boom in in the suchinoko popularity in the seventies in Japan. Mm-hmm. In which a lot of people were, there's a lot more sightings happening. There's a lot of blurry pictures coming out.
0: <laughs> That's goddamn blurry
1: pictures. And a lot of them were actually getting caught as well. And I feel like this is the thing that the the Tsuchinoko the has over the Bigfoot. The Bigfoot has blurry pictures, but he's never been caught but mm-hmm. a, but the, the the this the Suchinoko has been caught and apparently eaten by a few people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this this lowers the detectability score a lot. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I gave it a 1.5 just because it's like it's been found but it's still, you know, blurry pictures. There's no actual like come on guys, give me some real evidence. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess I took a, a different look at it then. That disastrous one and a half. <laughs> so, in my mind, I thought this was a, a good at, or a good uh, category for suchinoko mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Uh, you know, if you take a look at the pottery from thousands of years ago, sixteen thousand years ago, if you take that at face value, saying this is depictions of the suchinoko then we have had this thing around us for a long time. The issue is still, you know, evidence continues to skirt past us. <laughs> just because of you know like blurry pictures and and all uh you know you go to reports of small towns in Japan showing off snake skins claiming to be Tsuchinoko skins and then people saying that they have seen them the dude that says he ate one but there's no true evidence of it being it just besides a story that uh, yeah. sort of goes with it you know claiming that these are Tsuchinoko skins i didn't mention it but i remember reading one story that this lady she thought she had killed one and then she buried it and then like went back to dig it back up but it was gone Mm. so you know didn't have the evidence for it i don't know it's it's a difficult one because you know it can allegedly teleport away too so when you think you have it in your grasp the guy that ate one if it was a true suchunoko, it could have gotten away it could have Lied its way out, lied, <laughs> cheat, and steal the way of the Suchinoko. It it could have it could have gotten out of that scenario, so I don't believe it was a true Suchinoko that that man ate. Yeah. So I I I graded the Suchinoko on detectability a three point seven
2: five.
1: Wow, yep. I was not expecting such a high <laughs> score. <laughs> I was going to say oh a 3 and then you say well, 0.75. 3.75. Yep.
0: We're going there. <laughs> not not quite a 4, but um I don't know. I like it. How about the Lauren Mystique of the Tsuchinoko?
1: Sujinoko is winning you over, man. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> He's the little uh little
1: snake that could. That could, yeah. <laughs> lore and Mystique. This this is an interesting category for for this one. I, I mentioned this a little bit ago about how this the Tsuchinoko has similarities to other snake-like cryptids across the world. There's a book. I mentioned this in the past. Is, is Carl Shooker involved? Carl Shooker <laughs> is back, baby. <laughs> the Beast That Hide From Man. He has a chapter on here. On the the Tsuchinoko. Actually, though the chapter is on slithering things, and he includes the Tsuchinoku <laughs> in <a> there. What a chapter! <laughs> yeah, so it's it, it kind of you know formed the 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 mental model I have, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, the fact that there's similar snake-like beings elsewhere.
0: Just quick though, because I want I want to contest this, Carl Sugar. Why is <laughs> it in the slithering section? It doesn't slither. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows?
1: We're gonna have to we're gonna have to tweet at him later. <laughs> there
0: was no inchworm section, I guess.
1: <laughs> so he has he mentions the jumping snake of Sarajevo. So they, in Yugoslavia they have a, a creature known as the jumping snake. Apparently, does it does it double jump? Oh, I don't know about that. I didn't read through this. <laughs> <laughs> and then 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 talks about the worm. But that one is not there's there's a picture of it and it's got legs, so I'm like, I oh, don't know, it's not really a snake. But yeah. and then and, and then the it wasn't inf- in
0: the slithering section, sugar. come on.
1: <laughs> and then the infamous heading going loco for uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and this this one mentions the, the sightings that you you talked about, the the seventy two year old person and the eighty two year old um but it's it's a tiny little blurb here. It's not really fully fleshed out. It doesn't say much. It's just sightings. So, it kind of you know the idea that this is a similar you know creature that exists, and it's not really treated as its own thing. The I mentioned the hoop snake is a mm-hmm. is is a is a, an American uh, snake creature that. ...eats its tail and then rolls around, tumbles around like like a wheel. And this is also very uh, reminiscent of the Ouroboros, which is a snake eating its tail. Mm-hmm. So I took all of that into account. I actually liked the idea that the Tsuchinoku is a part of this grander lore... ...that exists around the world of, of these snake creatures that can roll up into a, a wheel-like thing and tumble. I mean... How do you? Co- I mean, maybe maybe it was the Chinese influence in America that. <laughs> that <laughs> Talking <laughs> about the Piasa? <laughs> I initially had this uh, as adequate, and then I bumped it up to two point
0: five. Okay, reasonable, reasonable lore. The way I took a look at it, I was really getting some Mongolian deathworm (MDW) vibes, like that. You know, this thing is viewed as a a true animal that just yeah. has yet to be correctly identified or studied. And from what I can discern, there's just not some, you know, grand meaning behind its purpose or anything like that. I couldn't find any, like, mythology that's related to the Tsuchinoko as, as like, what's the meaning or why is this thing in our world? The stories surrounding the thing, though, you know, the talking or mimicking of people, the alcohol drinking, that part's really cool and mysterious. It's unique to have that sort of, I guess, interaction with humankind. And uh, I guess for me that was I guess the mystique part was cooler than the for me the pretty much non-existent lore related to it so I I, I gave it a two adequate how about the uh, cunning and intelligence I'm one of my favorite categories cunning and intelligence I'm always interested in where you weigh in on this it
1: was an interesting battle so the way I I, I came at it was the it's it's basically if we you know when you and it all boils down to it's, it's a snake. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a simple snake. It does snake things. It, it's got fan, uh, venom in its fangs, and it just wants to live its life if you don't bother it. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I had described to you a regular snake, cunning intelligence to me would have been a, a one because it's just doing, just doing its snake thing. things. Yeah. yeah. However, this thing can talk and it lies and it wants alcohol and it does all these things. And to me, that's uh, human like intelligence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The ability to like comprehend its own existence, to lie, to mm-hmm. try to get something that it wants.
1: Yeah. So that, that would have been an automatic four for me. So what I did, I just combined it to and <laughs> gave it an average of 2.5. <laughs>
0: I've done that before. <laughs> I've, uh, I was likewise, I was torn on this one because we have. By most accounts, you know, a snake or snake-like animal with fantastical abilities. Also, the possibility of speech, whether you way on just the, the mimicry part of it, like a parrot or something like that, or truly understanding concepts of language. And then once you get to that spot of language comprehension, is it sentient in, like, linguistic thought? Does, mm-hmm. it, does it think in words in its own head and things like that? <laughs> and, you know, the thing that puts me... Over on this score, too, is that there's this idea of giving it alcohol to keep it from talking. <laughs> so I feel like there has been uh, some point in history that was like, it, the snake was like, oh, yeah, give me some of that alcohol. <laughs> like, I need some of that. <laughs> he wa- he wanted to wheeze the juice uh, with somebody. <laughs> and, you know, somebody was like, okay, and, and gave the snake some alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm confident in giving it a, a 325 Wow, mm-hmm. I think he's uh, you know, he's out there
1: wheezing the juice.
0: So <laughs> charming little fella. Yep, yep.
1: How an impact on pop culture? So if the, if if we were in Japan, I would say that that would be a four mm-hmm. automatically. Yeah, yeah. But but we're not. We're, since we're <laughs> we just states. we just we just traveled there and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Since we're in the states, you know, I feel like even the hoop snake is not something that's you know no. well depicted, well known around here. Um, But, that being said, because Japan has such a love for this thing, and they have included it, this creature, in a lot of video games, and Mm -hmm. as uh, US Westerners, they love their Japanese video games. You know, we love to import that stuff. So, a lot of people have now become aware of this thing because of the video games that they've played. Mm -hmm. And I think... I think it's at least brought some awareness, maybe not to the Hoop Snake, but to the Tsuchinoko, which to me means that's a kind of adequate two.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Reasonable, reasonable score. The the video games absolutely love this thing from Castlevania, Monster Hunter, uh, Metal Gear, Mm -hmm. Pokemon in the form of the Pokemon uh, Dune Sparse, a Pokemon that I have hated. Uh, since it came out as part of generation two absolutely hate the damn thing um i remember playing it as a child and i was like oh man this thing looks cool and then i captured it and i was like like okay when's it evolve what's what's it gonna do this thing looks cool what's it gonna evolve to and then and i kept battling with it i was like oh man this thing sort of sucks and it was like it looks cool i want to see where it goes it never evolved. It has no evolution. And I was like, away to the computer you go. Doom <laughs> never to be seen again. Wasted my time. And, you know, it's a go-to figure in uh, manga and anime. And a surprising amount of figures and toys that you can get from Japan are related to it. it has its own Yu-Gi-Oh card. Tsuchinoko hunting in Japan has sort of become like Squatch hunting or Hodag <laughs> hunting in the U.S. So mm-hmm. it's its own thing. I thought that was cool. It doesn't impact us on it, but I thought that was just a a cool thing that occurs there. Season 2 list continues on of cryptids that have beers. There is a Suchinoko beer from the uh, Miyazaki Hideji Beer Company. It is a Gruit or Ancient Herbed Ale, which I have never heard of, and uh, I don't know what that is. So it has uh, on the untapped app an average of 3.6 out of 5 stars, so I guess some people like it, but If you want to try it out there, the beer can be yours. (laughs) I ended up, uh, I gave it a two as well. So we're exactly on on par there. So what did your, uh, what does your score add up to Angel? 11.5. And mine was a 14. So we put the 11 and a half and a 14 into our rubric of power algorithm. See where it turns out. And... The Suchinoko comes out of the rubric of power with a 12.75 final score. So a very respectable score out of the Suchinoko. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Memory serves me. That's higher than Skunk Ape of season one. Yep. I think on maybe tying Hodag, if I remember correctly, somewhere around there. (laughs) It's exactly Um, right. yeah. Yeah. And uh, nowhere close to Santa Claus uh, <laughs> of this season. So, not we'll, yet. <laughs> not yet, but uh, Santa Claus stomping on Suchinoko and putting him in his <laughs> present sack and going to deliver him to some poor child out there that doesn't know what's coming. They're getting the Suchinoko. <laughs> and yeah, so a 12.75 for Suchinoko. Good job. I think going into it, I was like, uh, this thing's gonna get a horrible score but mm-hmm. uh you know surprisingly well i've uh, said it again say it one more time that cunning and intelligence really drives up uh, uh, the score for a lot of these cryptids yeah without that you 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 fall down to the the tens, half tens elevens um in the obscurity of the lower numbers so
1: uh any any final words on this uchinoko uh like you i th- i thought the same thing um this is probably gonna get a low score i mean what what good is gonna come from this creature? But just, <laughs> what good like What does what, this have to offer me? <laughs> like many people, it has charmed its way into my heart.
0: It turned out being a, a neat little entity. I like it. It was a cool a cool little niche in the cryptid world. I think it has. Some things that it, other cryptids, you know, can't claim. The the love of Saki, things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um it was it was very a very charming entity i think you said that before and i completely agree with that 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 statement so good job suchinoko you you won over two more people didn't beat santa claus but you won us you won over her hearts (laughs) and that's what really counts yeah he's the the heart
1: loving cryptid (laughs) wherever that gets him i think the uh mothman needs to take some lessons from suchinoko you know (laughs) yeah mothman needs to uh
0: rebuild start from the ground up on on where where mothman needs to be any news on the on this listener identified creature that uh this this laughing entity this cave entity any news on that front well i'll
1: tell you this much this laughing entity is not the tsuchinoko yeah yeah (laughs) there's been a very little communication this past uh week I'm get, getting other hits, like uh, other, you know, small messages, with people saying kind of the same thing. Oh, you know, I heard some laughter over here. But it's like, okay, like, we got that part, guys. Like, we need more information. So maybe we'll get better stuff next time. I need to uh,
0: uh, randonautica, uh, focus <laughs> your intent on it and see where I, it maybe, takes you. Hopefully maybe, not to, like, a
1: auto dealership or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> maybe that's what I need to do. I need to see, seek this thing out myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Go to the forefront of this entity.
0: (laughs) Thank you for joining us for uh, another episode of Cracking Cryptids and Curios. Hopefully you had a a good time learning about the Tsuchinoko, and it also inched its way into your heart as well. On deck here for the next episode, we have, uh, on the Curio side of it, uh, two items. A a double dipping of Curios, if you you would. We have the creation known as the Baghdad Battery, and then a, uh, a second item, the dropa stones. Uh, I, I have some, some faint thoughts of, of ancient alien theories are probably going to be roaming in this uh, episode. I don't know how I feel about that, but <laughs> we'll reconcile those feelings
1: next week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and make sure, you know, send us a message on social media. We're at cracking curios on Twitter. Um, Make sure you ask at Carl Shooker many questions, especially about the Tsuchinoko. Why and did he
0: put it in the slithering section?
1: <laughs> Come on. And make make sure you add that hashtag, Cracked Cryptids. And also you can follow us on Instagram, at Cracking Cryptids. And if you want to send us an email about anything else, maybe a cryptid you want to hear about, can send us an email at cracking cryptids and curios at gmail.com all of that is spelled out there are no symbols besides Mm that yeah so many ways to uh to get our attention you could say i think it's time for the suchinoko to get that buckle (laughs) god
2: This has been, and I am actually traveling back into time production. This is my sad song. <laughs>